Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. And I am your fourth host, Mike Forrester, cosplaying for Nick Gambarian again because he's off doing Nick Gambarian things. Hey Adam, what's up, dude? I love that Nick was like, hey, I got a lot going on this week. Mike, can you sub in for me? And you're and in the text, you're like, yeah, cool. So I, I got a beard. I guess I can be you. Cool. Like it's profiling. Appreciate it. Thanks. Also, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. Where is he? He's in He's in uh, Hawaii? He's in Palm Springs right now. And then Dang. he comes home for like a day or two before he goes to Hawaii for Hawaii is for Lovers. Dang. The festival uh, run by our bros, Hawthorne Heights. Well, that's fun. I'm pretty bummed. Like, as soon as we finished this for Lovers last year, they were like, hey, we're probably doing Hawaii. You guys should do it. We're like, sick, yeah. You're like, I can't. I'll get sunburned. Right. I'm scared of the sun. (laughs) And then they started booking the thing, and I get a text from JT, like, I don't know, a couple months ago. He's like, or we were talking about merch, because they might uh, print merch for us for Mosh Isley. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll do it, but that's weird how you guys just uh, told us to f*** off, basically. And I was like, what? Turns out they offered us a whole bunch of his for lovers dates. Uh, we didn't even hear about it from management. Nice. Didn't even know. Nice. Cool. Cool they friend vibe. Were pro- they were probably trying to keep you safe from all the compies and the raptors and all the. That's a good that, point. You know, which I, I could appreciate personally. Yeah, they had our best best interest in mind. At heart. Um, and Ryan Key is uh, in Missouri. He's in St. Louis. What's happening over there? He is right now. In St. Louis, um, I don't know how much I can say, but he's here for a thing okay, with a, thing. a dude, with a close friend of mine. And it would have been great, but timing just, you know, they landed a couple hours ago. It just didn't work out. Otherwise, he would be here sitting next to me. But in lieu of that, we are going to see the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary screening in three days here in St. Louis, Missouri. Thank the maker, a yellow card speculation podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
I we don't it. theorize about yellow cards uh, business until the patron chat at the end. That's right. That's right. So it's inclusive. Yeah. So, and just get it out of the way, right? Story of the year, yellow card, joint show. Oh, got to hype that because you guys were very gracious to let me do the art for it. And I should come to that show. I think I want to come to that show. You should come to the show. We're doing yeah. a celebration, a 20th anniversary celebration of Ocean Avenue and Page Avenue in St. Louis, Missouri. It was supposed to be like a mini festival, but it turns out it's just three bands that are on the bill anyway for the tour that we're doing. But uh, it's a bigger venue than we typically do in St. Louis. We're both doing the albums, all the songs in the albums. Who knows what the sequence will be, but we're doing it all and it's going to be big. And Mike, like he just said, designed the poster. Neat. Dude, I haven't told you this, but in the band chat and the, the band and management chat, people have been like, Ryan, especially our guitar players, like, dude, like the more I keep looking at this thing, I, I, I need this post. I need this as like a physical poster. Can we get this please? Oh boy. So everyone loves it. Here we go. Everyone's over the freaking moon. Here we go. See, it all, it all starts. Just start getting into Star Wars podcasting in the pandemic and you never know where it could go. So let's just really, let's just really appreciate the forest for bringing us together, my friend. Step one, become a professional graphic designer. Yeah. Spend $40,000 on a degree. Yes. Do all that stuff. Step two. And then. Profit. Yeah. It all comes together. All is as the force wills it. All right. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian now. Speaking of the force. Speaking of Star Wars, we figured we should do a little recap because a lot happened in season three of the Mandalorian, despite a lot of haters saying otherwise. We loved the season. We enjoyed it a lot. It was a big season. It had a big old, nice George Lucas style happy ending. And we wanted to share some love for it. So we pulled the patrons on favorite scenes, favorite quotes, and things like that, which we'll get to later. But in the meantime, we're going to talk quite a bit about it. And I could hit the stolen plans button right now, but that wouldn't make any damn sense. So play the intro. I'll do that. So I watched the the whole season today. I rewatched the whole thing. I loved it. Like, loved it better than the second time, for sure. Partly because I'd seen it, so there's not that, which we all probably have, that kind of, like, anxiety of watching it for the first time and you're analyzing it. I, I don't know how it is for someone who's not trying to do a podcast the day of. Nice. I don't re- remember what it was like in the before times to just watch something. <laughs> but for me, I'm, like, overwhelmed when I'm watching. So it's the second watch that in this case, like the third or fourth watch, because we watch multiple times for notes and stuff. But the casual watch was so much better because you don't have to worry about expectations and stuff. You just take it in. And I loved it. I like really, really loved it. It was fun. It was exciting. It was suspenseful. It was emotional. It was all the stuff. Have you rewatched since? Or are you uh, are you just kind of going from memory at this point? Usually what I try to do is I, I watch it in the morning so that we can do the podcast. And then that night, because we're for people who are trying to figure out how you edit, uh, you know, we usually try to record during the day and then you're editing all night like a madman. And then we get a text at three in the morning that says episode <laughs> is up. So if people want to know what it takes to make a podcast the day of uh, follow Adam the Skull on Instagram. Uh, but most importantly, like I watch it that night. Um, usually after dinner, just to kind of like recatch something. And then obviously our circle is just chatting it up. And I think the patron, the, the patrons are insanely like, I, I, I love our little community of thank the maker in the discord and on the Patreon, because everyone is 
Like we all are looking for stuff like, you know, Jason Chiodo and, and, uh, Hunter smoke, like fellow 501st guys, super nerds, like they're throwing stuff in. And then we've got our, our friend Stacy, who's throwing in like these great analysis of like all these things that she remembers. It's, it's an awesome community to be a part of the day of because you take a little pressure off yourself to be among other people who are also like just losing their mind. we got people on the West Coast and people on the East Coast. And so I usually have to wake up about, like I usually wake up about 4.30, 5 a.m. to watch it. I try, And then, Bro. you know, you get online and then of course you're just immediately engaging with other people. So um, I've rewatched the season, not consecutively. So I'm jealous of that, but I think I'm going to do that probably over the next week. Why not? This is the way. Yeah, it's so funny in the morning. I'll watch it. You know, my, my morning ritual is look at my phone enough to catch up on texts and usually get a reaction from you. Like good episode, all caps or something, you know, Yeah. yeah. but I'll just like with my eyes barely open, you know, with my context still kind of trying to get into place, look at stuff purposely blurry right when I first open to not spoil anything. And then I don't touch my phone until the episode's done. And then once I do actually get into the discord and start looking at stuff, it's really funny and awesome to see 3.30 a.m. timestamps and <laughs> yeah, shit like that, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. So we got folks that are on the East Coast and, and people who are in the U.K. or, you know, all the way to the, you know, the very beginning of time, you know, time traveling from Australia to give us takes. Right. It's cool to catch up that way and just be, like you said, be part of the conversation and the community. So it's a, it's a good experience. But rewatching just like casually, I'm like folding laundry, taking, you know, casual notes here and there, like eating ramen, just whatever in the house. It was a really nice way to sit back and just watch it with less pressure. Sure. I was still taking notes because I'm a, an obsessive compulsive type person, but it, it was, it was much more chill and I loved it. I think at this point too, the other, the other thing, like now that it's over, right. So I think like the actors all know to be you know, basically like their role, especially with social media now, it's like, if you're in a big role, you're part of part of what you're supposed to do on your own social media is just like hype stuff, right? You're part of a project you want, you want to see these projects succeed. And now, of course, now that it's over, we're getting all these little tidbits of behind the scenes stuff of like stuff that happened. And so like Katie uh, Sackhoff went on this, this podcast recently and she was kind of just telling some of the original ideas of like what had happened. Even today, Lego revealed the last piece of Mando Mania, which is kind of this like, you know, congruent, I guess you would call it like a merch rollout for Hasbro and Lego and the other like, you know, Star Wars partnerships. And 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 there was like a, a Fang Fighter versus a TIE Interceptor, you know? And mm-hmm. it was, I think, based off a scene that ended up getting cut, which Dave Filoni said, you know, we cut it for time. It's just like, you know, these filling the flow of the of the episode. So like I kind of love after the season is over because like we get to hear all of these little, you know, juicy details of of what went into planning. So um it's super interesting looking at it from this standpoint and 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 knowing what we know, right? There's um, you know, we we remember the Rangers of the New Republic. We can clearly see that like some of those storylines were put into this season. Um, so there's a lot. I mean, there like you said at the top, like there is a lot that happened in this season. And as we get to the the final, like, you know, we definitely have to like look at it from the other standpoint of like where Star Wars is going from here too. And that's always a big point because we have these characters that we've grown to love. 
Um, but there is, there does have to be an arc, right? There does have to be an arc of like, you know, where these characters are going to fit, where the overall story is going to go. And so it very easily, I think, from people trying to tell a long form story, in some ways, I think we've been marvelized, if we call it that way. We're like, we're always yeah. expecting like, what's the connection? What's the final scene? Like, what's this going to happen? You know, and I think ironically, that formula worked really well in for most of the 2000s but it's not working as well now right like there's a lot of you know the marvel's got its own issues going on and some people are burned out on marvel and so like you kind of sit here and you're like are is star wars trying to learn from that mistake right now or is is the system different uh so there's a lot there's a lot at play here which i think is really interesting especially now that we we see where the story has gone and just being of course that oh you know casually throughout this this season we had a little old celebration dropped in the middle of it right <laughs> yeah um, that gave us uh, a roadmap to what's coming next before i make a point in response to what you just finished with I'm talking about people who can kind of reveal things as they come there was some stuff last season where we had some folks in like the maker community especially who got to to uh you know be troopers or be mandalorians or this or that kind of uh, extras could reveal that once the episodes are out, you know, secrets they've been holding on to for a full year. Right. The most recent one that I saw was um, our uh, mutual acquaintance, Dupree. Yep. Shout out Darth Vader 23, who yeah. was Darth Vader at uh, Mosh Eisley. Mosh Eisley, and, yeah. Yeah, he was in a Anaheim. Yeah, he was <laughs> one of the Mandalorians in the background and actually helmet off in yeah. in the crowd in, in the season finale. So it's stuff like that that's awesome to see. And, you know, I just, I'm so happy for, for folks who are in the community who get to do that if that's what they so please. I personally yeah. like couldn't do it. I just couldn't be there. I couldn't I couldn't be in Star Wars. Come on. I can't do it, dude. What? I can't. It would take me out of it. All right. I talked to somebody about this recently. It would take me out. All right. Well, I can't see a scene and know that I am in <laughs> that universe. The camera flies by and you're like, "Don't move, be cool." And all of a sudden you're like, yeah. "Oh, shoot. I wasn't supposed <laughs> it, to do that." You know, it's just, well, that's good. I, it's so like precious to me. It's, it's the, this whole thing is like so close to my heart and it's such an escape to a place that is so far from this kind of messed up world that we live in. Not that the star Wars universe is free from its issues, obviously, but it's an escape, you know? So I, I just can't look at it and see myself in it. Sure. I'm actively working on a star Wars fan film sure. or short i'm actively writing it and i will love to make that and i will love to have friends in it and everything but it being in something in canon i just can't there's no way well that's that's great maybe i would change my mind if offered but sure sure so let's let's see let's get the, first of all let's get the offer on the table let's see how you feel yeah. about it and then if, if lucasfilm is listening because we know they listen to the podcast of course they <laughs> love the podcast hi kathy push yeah but kathleen loves tells us she's in the patron push adam aside i'm ready i'm a size seven quarter like helmet i got like let's go a size nine um anyway so yeah, it's it's I, I totally get it. I think I think there's always that, you know, like it, like you said, what what comes out after, um, you know, Ramy, uh, our my recent episode of of Armor Party, like his kids were some of the 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 foundlings, nice, and just stuff that he's been able to see too. And and you you know you I appreciate like uh you know Judah Escalante, and uh, Marcus from Enemy, and and just a lot of people who 
uh, have worked on this show. I mean, dude, they're fans. They are super fans. I think at this point we can confidently say that like everyone who's working on Star Wars right now uh, is literally a super geek about this stuff. And so it's really, I think in, in a lot of ways, it is a it is a love affair with the fans and simultaneously with people who are being pulled in from the fandom to, you know, hey, come in, do this role. We trust that you're going to take it seriously. Um, there's a lot. I think it's it's been amazing because I feel like at this point, I personally know one or two people that have been on Star Wars every mm-hmm. time there's been a new Star Wars show out, which like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I can't even like imagine crazy, that dude. when I was, yeah, when I was walking around in 2019, I'm like, dude, I wonder... If there's someone who like worked on Star Wars here, and now I'm like, oh shit, my homies are low. Oh. And there's more stuff coming. We can't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, less than five years ago, you were having that feeling, right? Same. Dang, dang, that's cool, man. That's, that's cool. One final thought on this whole thing, talking about people who work on Star Wars, mostly being fans now and everything. I have to get a little something off my chest because I've been so engaged. All right, in get it off. Go ahead. The personal torture of engaging in comments. Since the celebration announcements, I've, I've, I've given in to the dark side. I've <sighs> engaged with people, the sequel haters specifically. Oh, here we go. And it's been dark. It's been, it's been like legitimately stressful and <laughs> it has reduced happiness in my life, but I can't, I just can't help it sometimes. You are an empath. And I forgot what you said in a text recently, but you you said something like you have a special kind of masochism or something you said something like that <laughs> yeah, right. you sick yeah. son of a bitch you said yeah. something to me and you're right but somebody today was quoting or actually you know what i saw it all over social media the quotes from uh tamara morrison mm-hmm. about the idea that boba fett was supposedly supposed to be in this season of the mandalorian but he never got the call so he probably sure. i assume got a mention from john you know early in the writing process mm-hmm. like yeah we got boba fett coming back he was probably pretty open-ended and vague. He didn't get the call. He didn't end up being in this season. He was a little upset about it, and he kind of, you know, spoke off the cuff and pretty honestly and transparently, and he said some stuff that was probably a little tongue-in-cheek, but the haters, of course, ran with it. And you just have to think about a couple things. One, yeah. that's how literally every television and film production goes. People have relationships. They talk about what might happen. They put feelers out. Stuff happens. Stuff doesn't. He even mentioned money. He said something vague about if he had asked for, you know, less money or something like that. Like, who Mm -hmm. knows? There's all this stuff that has been a part of every television and film production for over 100 years. And, of course, if you're working from a place of motivated reasoning where you have your conclusion already and you want to support it with whatever you hear, you're going to grab that and just run with it. Right. Or you can step back and think like, okay, he's a working actor who not only wants to work first and foremost, but also wants to work as the character that he's best known for, would love to be in it. Same thing goes all the way up to the top, to Mark Hamill himself. As far as I'm concerned, Mark Hamill's opinions about what Luke or Luke shouldn't, should or shouldn't have been in The Last Jedi, I, I can't say for certain, but I would guess that that's as motivated by his own personal feelings about what he wants to do with the character and what he wants to do with his career as it is the story itself. So there's all this like personal shit on every level. Some stuff happens, some stuff doesn't ultimately comes down to what the writers and the creators decide will be Canon. And 
I, I, I feel like the best way to experience it is just to experience it. Sure. And if you love Star Wars, just take it, take it in for what it is, enjoy it, and just don't overanalyze. Don't, don't spend all your time trying to reinforce your own expectations and your own feelings about it. Just enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it anymore, dude, move on. Watch Star Trek. <laughs> Watch Lord of the Rings. Watch Beef on Netflix. Something else. Whatever you want. Good show. Shout out. Good show. Great show. Yeah. Really digging it. Yeah. And, uh, and there's our, our, our patrons are making some great comments in here. And, and, uh, you know, Jason had brought up like a, a point of that Star Wars had almost become this, you know, there, there was some kind of a catch in it, you know, and you think about it, like in the prequels too, it's like, you know, we were, we were watching for the moment when, uh, Anakin becomes Darth Vader, right? Right. We got, we got the greatest twist in all of cinema history of Luke. I know I am your father, right? Uh, sorry, Tommy Boy ruined that for me. Um, mm-hmm. Is that Black Sheep? No, is that Black Sheep? Or is that Tommy uh, Boy? That's Tommy Boy in the fan, right? Yeah. Luke, yeah, in the office. Luke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just making sure. But there, and then, and then for the sequel, it's like obviously everyone is trying to figure out like who is Ray? She's a Palpatine. So there's always like, I think we've gotten to that point, and especially with the first two seasons of Mando, first season finale, lightsaber comes out animated fans lose their mind. Okay, we're getting this stuff in here, right? Because up until that point, you know, we hadn't, weren't really show, like we weren't overly confident like where you were going to see Dave Filoni start to come through in this, right? But like Favreau was doing uncredited voice work because he loves Star Wars. And then he takes it over and it's like a much different show, almost like to the point it was so grounded that you weren't sure that you were going to see loath wolves were running around you know what i mean it just didn't have that like we weren't sure if it was going to have the same vibe and then you know you get season two with like luke coming in so i can understand i think i have empathy for people who were expecting there to be some you know some big uh, whatever this was you know you know thrawn you know the chimera showing up or some you know like i understand why they like everyone was expecting it because we had gotten one in both seasons but i think if you look at it from the business standpoint too um looking back on it it's like well first of all we have skeleton crew coming out that's set in the same time now tamura morrison mm-hmm. has also like s- denied being in multiple shows he's a very like charismatic public speaker for sure i wouldn't put it past tamura morrison to rile the crowd up to say something like that knowing that he's going to be sound bit to death just yeah. to have boba show up and help the kids escape in skeleton crew you know what i mean like yeah. just just cuz he he would do that just cuz he he knows he's having fun with it so there's a lot that goes into the like you said the business of things right we we can understand that like you know we're still coming out of a post pandemic world we're trying to fit like disney is also in their own kind of like uh carousel going on with you know hey we're going to right size the ship i mean you know, previous CEO of Disney was like, I want everything on Disney plus new CEO who used to be the old CEO is like, I want shit back in the movie theaters. So old Bob is new. Bob is new. Bob is old Bob. Yeah. What would you say you do here? Well, Bob, um, so there's, there's a lot that goes into the business of making this stuff and that, and, and I think there were a few times that you could see that, you know, there were some, definitely some like, you know, trajectory changes and we got to figure this out, but I think it's actually giving more power to the creator of where the story is actually going to continue to go. I mean, the fact that Dave Filoni is getting a feature film to be able to wrap up shout out to celebration, of course, but like the fact that Dave Filoni is getting a feature film 
that we get to go see in the theaters with characters <laughs> yeah. on Bro. Like a TV. Like, it's going to be amazing. So, like, we should actually be stoked. Like, if, if, if you're bummed on this one season of Mando, imagine what he's going to be able to do with an entire feature film of Star Wars. Like, you are going to see Mando on the big screen? Dude, we're going to lose our minds. You know what I mean? So... I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard for me to feel like people were upset about this season that aren't looking at the big picture. And when I see the frustration of people, I think I, I look at it and I go, well, dude, it's not over. Right. If that was the final season and they said the Mandalorian is no more. Yeah, maybe I'd feel different about it. But like, it's not like if you think he's not going to connect the Mando, you know, the Mando time, like People were sitting there going, well, how come we didn't get anything else with Bo? I said, they introduced that Mandalore was healing. Yeah. I'm like, that means that Mandalore can actually play into Ray's 30 years from now storyline. Like, we're going to see Mandal, we could see Mandalorians in Ray's story 30 years from now. I'm like, dude, that's insane. Yeah. Like, they set that up in that episode. So I, I hear, I hear people's gripes. Some of them have more water than others, but at the end of the day, Dude, we're this is just another part of where we're going, and the story is not stopping. Everyone relax. Holy crap. Everyone relax. And just I'm sorry, but I have to reference uh, a stand-up bit by a dude who has done some bad things, but has also said some very wise things. It's not so different from Louis C.K.'s bit about cell phones. People complaining about ah, it's a piece of shit, you know. <laughs> It's taking what you're doing and it's going to space and then going down to someone else on the other yeah. side of the world. It's literally going to space. Like, yeah. it's not so different from thinking about, dude, we have Star Wars Weekly, new Star Wars Weekly on television, TV shows that look like this. It's insane. Just step back a couple of years and think about it. It is insane what we're getting weekly on our TVs, on our phones, on our iPads from Star Wars. Dude, we get we like, get a new video game in three days. We get it looks like a damn movie. It looks amazing, and then we get two more. We get this amazing like animated project that's completely off the wall that was incredible last time. We get that next Friday. I have a six year old. We're gonna watch little Star Wars together. That's like mm -hmm. not overly crazy for her to watch because she likes anim. She loves like little animated, like funny looking characters and all that stuff. Like that's who she is. She's six. Like you know, I, I'm not I'm not in any rush to grow her up. And uh, and we watched the little young Jedi adventure shorts. She was like, these are awesome. I want to watch more of this. And I'm like, well, next Friday, like, that's it. Let's skip school. Yeah. It's it's just like, yeah, we're we're it's it's the health of Star Wars right now has never been healthier. And then you have these people who are like looking up to the sky, like, you know, oh Lord Qui-Gon, you have forsaken me. What's happening? I'm sitting here <laughs> yeah. being like, what are you guys like? What is everyone so worried about? Like. We've never, like, Star Wars, again, continues the last five years of Star Wars. I'm like, this is the best thing we've ever had. It's incredible. Stacy, in the chat, you're right. We're spoiled. We humans, we Star Wars fans are like little spoiled children who aren't happy with the pile of presents we get at our birthday party that's way too big that we don't need when we're nine years old to begin with. That's who we are. Bunch of Willy Wonka kids. Fact. One of us <laughs> Mike needs TV. to get <laughs> One of us needs to get blown up. That's true. Into a big old blue blueberry or gumball or whatever. Is it maybe that's Harry Potter? I don't know. I'm mixing up stuff. Anyway, let's um take a short break and then we're gonna do a little overview of some highlights 
and then we'll do some I Love You, I Knows at the end. All right, here we are. Let's do this. First, I'll say this. One, I, I have to acknowledge that, as predicted, this season was fully about the fight to reclaim Mandalore. We said that at the end of last season. We said it in a couple things. It happened. It fully happened. Talking yep. about what we should appreciate. I mean, we got the continuation of the Clone Wars in live action in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I love, you love, we who love all Star Wars and can appreciate it all. We've got so many connecting little bits and pieces that go all the way back to the prequels and all the way ahead to the sequels in a way that is so exciting. I just, again, I, I couldn't be more stoked on the fact that we're getting all this. So let's do a little overview of the highlights. Just to recap on what we got in case you think we didn't get shit out of this season. Had to hit it again, sorry. It's a banger, though. All right, so we got lots of insight into Mandalorian customs, training, how they eat, how they applaud, you know, little, little things like the, you know, hitting the armor together, how they hold court, meet, and, and speak together, you know, the idea of, like, holding the hammer, uh, the, the youngling and apprentice training in helmets and all these different, like, little details that gave us a lot of insight into Mandalorian culture. Plot aside, we got a lot of that which was awesome. You know, Mandalorians are still very mysterious, but we learned a lot. And this season is the most of it. You know, some, some of the stuff like the way and this, this particular sect was introduced with this show, but it also connected a lot of what we already knew about Mandalorians to this. And I appreciate that. Going from the top though, um, this season, chapter 17, the apostate, relatively light reintroduction, but it got, got us back into the world. And right away, episode two of this season, chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore, we went back to Mandalore. We talked about it when we recapped that episode that none of us really expected to get back in that fast, but holy shit, we did. Right. We heard the Mandalorian Creed recited in full, the first canon appearance of a live mythosaur, yep. Bo-Katan wielding the Darksaber, all in episode two. Just a quarter of the way through, we're already hitting all of this. Next chapter, 19, we got R5-D4 back in the mix, going all the way back to 1977. One of the first droids that we ever saw after R2 and 3PO is now a part of this show in a big way. We get this New Republic kind of transition, the New Republic amnesty program. This is a new thing. Dr. Pershing's story is furthered. The cloning story is furthered. We get this awesome, fascinating look in the inner workings of the, the New Republic post Fall of the Empire and life on Coruscant during this time period. So this is connecting prequels, you know, seeing Coruscant, especially, you know, I mean, the deep cut, like the, the den of antiquity stuff, the, the Easter eggs are, are just yep. like beautiful when it comes to the Coruscant stuff. We went pretty deep on that episode. Yep. And then Bo-Katan being accepted by and joining Din's Covert. Huge. Next chapter, The Foundling, chapter 20, we get Grogu, with a mini Mandalorian gauntlet and a dart launcher, a flashback to Order 66 where we finally see the full flashback. We see Grogu being rescued from the Jedi Temple during Order 66 by none other than Keller and Beck, played by a med best. Finally, justice for a med best. One of my favorite scenes in like any Disney Star Wars period. Right. Grogu uh, getting more armor. He's got a rundel that the armorer made him. The armorer also makes Bo-Katan a new pauldron with the mythosaur and night owl hybrid symbol. That happened. 
next chapter, the New Republic pilot bar where Carson Teva has a conversation with Zeb Aurelios in live action. This happened in this season. Who looked amazing. Incredible. Let's just say it again. Dude. Looked amazing. And this, it was like all over the place. I remember watching, maybe it was New Rockstars or something with a breakdown, a comparison of, of Marvel feature films, CG, compared to Zeb in a television show. Right. I mean, talk about being spoiled. It looked incredible. Right. We also get the Mandalorians coming out of hiding, Grief Karga giving them a plot of land on Navarro, so that whole thing's evolving. The Armorer accepting Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians' ways, calling for Bo-Katan to reunite the clans. Lots of progression. Chapter 22, Guns for Hire, despite the hate that that got, we saw live-action battle droids for the first time since the prequels. Bo-Katan is revealed as the rightful owner of the Darksaber. Kind of a technicality. Nonetheless, she reclaims the Darksaber as its rightful owner. Chapter 23, the penultimate episode, The Spies. We get the return of Moff Gideon, who we weren't sure about. And then the reveal. Oh, he back, though. Super sick. And the, the reveal of uh, the former Imperial Shadow Council, which is something that, that the folks who know, uh, know about stuff off screen, including um, Hux's father. Hux from the sequels, of course, for any of you haters who don't remember, and mentions of Thrawn and Project Necromancer, which we now know is fully about reanimating or using cloning technology, dark science cloning secrets only the Sith knew, to uh, bring Palpatine back. Again, talking about connections. Big episode. We also get Grogu in an upgraded IG-11 like a mech. Grogu operating a mech. Yes, yes. Bo-Katan bringing the Mandalorian clans together. They go to Mandalore. They find Mandalorian survivors on Mandalore. Like, we were stoked enough to get Mandalore, period. We go back and we see this shit. And then we hear this whole backstory of the Night of a Thousand Tears, the Great Purge, how Bo-Katan lost the Darksaber to Moff Gideon. Lots of answers that we were waiting for. Clarification on the Children of the Watch and their origin, who's who, from the Armorer. We see an army of new super commandos created by Moff Gideon. Then we see Moff Gideon in a Beskar Dark Trooper mech suit with a horned Mandalorian helmet and the death of Paz Vizsla in a battle against Praetorian Guards, proto-Praetorian Guards. And then we still got another episode left in which we get the revelation of Moff Gideon's cloning plot. It was this whole separate thing. We thought we knew everything. We thought we had it all figured out, but he had this whole separate thing. Cloning himself, we get the destruction of the Darksaber. We get the Mandalorians defeating all of these super commandos, Gideon's forces, epic battle, like one of the most epic battles we've had in Disney Star Wars TV yet. Maybe like the one, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan, Din Djarin, and Grogu defeating Moff Gideon together, like together in this awesome final fight where Grogu saves them by using the force, bringing it back all the way to the first season, you know, shielding the fire with the force. Kanan Jarrus moment. Yeah. And honorable mention also to R5, in the action, helping with the mission, going back to, like we've talked about in past episodes, one of the most important droids in all of Star Wars. Yep. And then the Mandalorian tribes reigniting the Great Forge on Mandalore. Din Djarin officially adopts Grogu as his son. He becomes Din Grogu. <laughs> and it all ends with this amazing, happy ending that, that feels very final. Feels like almost like a series finale, but with a little bit of, uh, you know, some, some seeds dropped for the potential future. It's an actual, like, like I said before, very George Lucas happy ending to cap it all off. 
I mean, that was all in eight episodes. Think back to season one when they were just kind of doing little quests here and there, you know, got to protect this village from an ATST, got to pick up this bounty. You got to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We got a lot. It was a hell of a season. Uh, looking, looking at the development of what, I mean, we, we know that Dave Filoni is, is such a fan of cultures and the world in world history in mythology, more stuff coming up in Ahsoka. But there was a lot of development in like this whole season in a lot of ways felt like a Clone Wars season. For right? sure. More so than I think independently uh, Mandalorian had kind of had its own voice in the first uh, first season, especially uh, with just the slower pace and just that, you know, we were getting these kind of like more tribute episodes to, you know, montage and all this, these classic hits that I think is where Favreau like with most of John's movies, you know, he has like a specific thing that he's trying to pay homage to. And he kind of like emulates that into a style of, you know, what, what he's, what he's going for. Uh, and this season I think felt more like a, a clone wars episode. There were some uh, episodes that were thrown in that they kind of almost, you didn't know what you're going to get, right. Especially, um, you know, seeing the, the, the cameos, but also like, you know, Pelzier and like all of these things, I think were, were really added to the clone Warsness that like star Wars again, should still be wacky. Right. Yeah. Like, and we talked about this, that, that, you know, if the, the more we make star Wars like Andor, uh, the sadder it's going to be for the fandom. And I, and I mean that the future, the future of fans, um, if, if, if we go down a dark path where everybody wants it to be brutal and, and mean, and, uh, you know, finding out that, you know, people are whole entire floors of a prison are getting fried. And it's just like, it's, you know, we, we always knew it was there, but like to bring it in on a visceral level, just like, I'm like, that's not, you know, that's, that's not the future of the franchise. And so I think when you look back in the episode and you look on the episodes individually, uh, there was a lot of shaping the culture of Mandalore, right? And I think in a lot of ways, the Bo-Katan represents something very interesting because you look at the Mandalore and you look at the Mandalore, right? The, the ruler of it. Bo-Katan in a lot of ways represents almost this like hierarchy, um, this, this family of royalty. In my opinion, Bo-Katan represents royalty. And, and, and on the dark side of things actually represents privilege in a lot of ways. Yeah. That she's had a family legacy of being able to, I mean, go back to it. Bo didn't like her sister, who's the Duchess of Mandalore, didn't like her the way that she was doing it. So like Bo literally sides with terrorists to try to overthrow <laughs> her own sister. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Bo, Bo, Bo is spicy. We get that. But then as it goes in, she had the opportunity to rule. She loses the this this ancient weapon that like yields all power for her people. And and they're just they're just things that we hold on to as people that we don't understand. Like nobody would sit there and go, well, why does the Pope sit in a gold chair? Well, no one knows, but like we can't we can't we can't ruin it. That's the Pope's chair. That's his hat, <laughs> all that stuff, right? No one wants to mess with that, but we don't know why we do that. It's just weird. It's like humans just like perpetuating ancient, 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 bringing it forward. So Bo-Katan in a lot of ways, when you look at this series of, of events that have happened for her, she represents the fact that like, dude, she lost all of her people, but she still got this 
dope spot to hang out with. It is, you know, this like she has her own castle despite having nothing else. You see the stark difference of the remnant Mandos calling out her name because they recognize her voice. And then you see those guys and they're like, do you have any food? <laughs> these, these guys can barely, these guys can barely eat. And she shows up in like the sickest starfighter that she's had the whole time. Like she's never really struggled despite being a bad leader. She represents rich politicians, uh, you know, rip, rich politicians, kids with the, like the fact that she's had the opportunity and privilege to screw up three times. You're like, dude, there's a much deeper story here. We lose the dark saber that falls apart. That throws off, that throws off the power of almost like saying Mandalore is starting over the gardens underneath the mines of Mandalore starting over, uh, you know, death watch people and, you know, not true blood Mandalorians, uh, uniting as people. Um, that was kind of the theme. Really what we saw was I think, a, a, a rebirth of a new Mandalore, which is exactly the, what you were saying. That was the focus. That was the focus of like possibly looking at humanity as a whole and saying, how would we ever restart our civilization if we think that we can't get, we could never get along. We're completely different people. We have too much history together. This is, you know, the Middle East and America and all right. these other things. There was a lot that happened that I think people don't understand because they want to, you know, ship go fast. They want to see the ship go fast. <laughs> right. I want to see the green lightsaber. I want to whatever, you know what I mean? But it's like when you think about the power of what this set up is that this set Mandalore on a path to be part of Star Wars moving forward. I think people forget that, but that is going to be a part of Star Wars moving forward that was previously up until that point was in video games and it was mentioned in the prequels like once or twice. And then this show continues to evolve and show that Mandalore Mandalorians, the T-Visor, the way that is part of Star Wars moving forward. Let's be grateful in some way, my opinion. Hey, I think you have a great opinion. Hey, thanks. That's what I'll say. All right, we could go on and on and on, and we will. We will in the future, and we'll have longer discussions because uh, new things are coming to Thank the Maker podcast maybe as soon as a couple weeks from now. Oh, my. God. That's all I'll say for the moment. Wow. But I wow. think we should go ahead and get into I Love You, I Know. I love you. I know. Favorite episode and favorite quote. We put out two polls for the patrons. These went out to the Jedi and Jedi Council tiers. And we have the Jedi Council tier with us right now recording. Patreon.com slash Pod is where you can be a part of these things before we reveal the results let's get some comments from the patrons should we do favorite quote or favorite episode first i'll put it to you uh let's do favorite episode because i have a feeling favorite episode might have a quote in it let's do that got it okay so favorite episode mike read some comments from the patrons about their favorite episodes and then we'll we'll reveal the the stats the winner percentage wise what do we have well, we've got um, Sandrock is saying guns for hire just because it was fun and not every episode needs to be all plot. Imagine nice. that, right? Imagine that sometimes we don't have to have this thing where people are going, I mean, I can't believe the episode, the story hasn't gone anywhere. You're mm -hmm. like, well, remember 
half of you are also complaining there's not enough action. And I'm sitting here and being like, well, what do you guys want, right? Peyton Porterfield says, I greatly enjoyed Minds of Mandalore. Shout out to Minds of Mandalore. Great episode. But the return had all the Star Wars I love about Star Wars. And that is a great, great, great point. Our buddy Chris Davis, guys, the limit. I know the finale is the obvious one, but I have to pick it because the alignment of the armorer and Bo-Katan had me so stressed out seeing them come together in battle and then later lighting the forge of all the anxiety I had was released and I could just enjoy the adventure. That is a wholesome quote because I think we were all going into our episodic post Avengers, what is like? Who's someone's got to betray you? Someone's someone's me. You know, was it Axe? Was it the armor? You know, and I just love that it was like no, actually, like they're down to work together. You know, and like all of us, like the Game of Thrones might have ruined it for us. Like everyone's right. like, well, I thought someone's gonna get stabbed in the stomach. Okay, <laughs> um, so I, I I think I think there's some great uh, the the patrons definitely summed it up pretty damn well. What about you? What was your favorite episode? Ah, oh, man. I think looking, when you look back on so many rad things happened, there's almost like, I, I want to say the pirate well. was kind of a wacky, uh, wacky episode, but you've got the New Republic bar. Right. And it's, it had like all the Top Gun things in there. Right. This is, this is a Top Gun podcast. <laughs> um, but we had Din and Bo Katan working together in tandem in their ships, their respective awesome ships, like picking off this pirate ship. Just like there was so much awesome Star Wars happen happening in that episode. But I think, I think, you know, you have this great new set of like, uh, offbeat characters. Of course, my brain is obviously saying we're going to get Hondo Anaka soon. Like there's no way, you know, you have one of the pirates, you know, you have, you have, uh, you know, Vane, the pirate, who's just this like complete scumbag. He peels off to go find another pirate clan. I'm like, he's going to see Hondo, like all of this stuff happening. That episode to me had me so excited and it also had the like crazy reveal at the end right like whoa it was mandalorians that broke gideon out like everything about that episode i think of of course it wasn't an overly huge episode in terms of like the overall story but like again maybe sometimes we just need fun star wars to remind ourselves that like we don't need to take everything so seriously and i think the pirate was was that episode for me yeah and of course there's a yeah there's amazing moments and of course like the opening and all the other things that people have mentioned but like watching din just like hightail it and just rip that ship apart like piece by piece in every pass i was like man this is rad yeah this is an awesome episode yeah it was great and on rewatch i enjoyed it twice as much as I did the first couple yeah. times, for sure. And th there were a lot of things that I, you know, when we talked about them, I was stoked, but in retrospect, I didn't expect to love as much as I did upon rewatch. And I found myself, for example, really loving Chapter 19, The Convert. All of the, the Pershing stuff, all of the Coruscant stuff, I thought it was so awesome. I, I just mm -hmm. loved seeing that sort of more Clone Wars leaning in terms of tone version of Andor kind of, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I just love being on Coruscant. Sure. And seeing it 
rendered anew yep. because the prequels were what they were. And now in this age where you can kind of make anything in CG look completely real, it was so cool right. to see that in the context of this cool story where you're just like on the ground level seeing how things kind of operate and how those people, you know, have to go up and deal with the higher ups. And when we saw some of that later as well, you know, when we see, um, when we see Tim Meadows come in, you know, in a, in a different episode. So I kind of like those vibes, but I think my favorite, I was leaning towards the finale, but I think it is chapter 23, the spies, the penultimate episode. That was a good one. That was a good one. It had some of the best battles I've ever seen. You know, Paz Vizsla going down against the Praetorian guards was so heavy. And there's so much, man, there's so much value to me in being surprised at my emotional reaction to a character that I didn't expect to react that way to. I talked about it in our breakdown of it. And going back to Mandalore, meeting survivors, hearing all that backstory stuff, it just really all hit for me. And then, you know, at the top, the Shadow Council, Brendel Hux, mentions of Thrawn, like all this stuff. It was just really... Pelion, yeah. All of it was so, so, so sick. So that's probably, that's probably my favorite. It's tough to pick one, but that's, I think that's going to be it. It's a, it's a good one. I mean, it's hard to say, like, we, we understand that when you're making productions, it's like, you know, you've got to put the money in certain spots, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have every episode just be an absolute, oh, every episode is going to cost $200 million. It doesn't <laughs> right. work like that, right? Um, and so I think it is, when you look at the difference of what episodes had these big, like, action moments, like, let's not also forget that they went and chased down like a shriekhawk and did like this like huge climb up the side of this like rock face. I mean, like every episode had something visually so stunning in it. And it makes you remember that it's truly a this is ILM being ILM. Like the yeah. fact that people were like, oh, the the convert was boring episode. I'm like. What? We're walking around on Coruscant. They go, they find this decommissioned Star Destroyer. They're walking yeah. around inside a Star Destroyer. I'm like, what are you guys watching? I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> um, I, I and yeah, I, I think I think there is a, when we look at that and we think about it from that perspective of really how far the story did move, it, it's it's easy to remember those really big moments. But then we look at episodes like you're saying, like the convert. Dude, Star Wars moved Star Wars forward in a lot of ways and a lot of like other, you know, the the different tentacles of where the storyline is going to go, Pergil reference there, um, is is really an amazing thing of of where all these storylines can go. And I loved that we didn't get totally definitive answers. Would have been very easy to go, oh yeah, sure, all the clones are gone. Like, I mean, literally, Katie O'Brien's character, I always forget her name. Uh, what's her name? Eliah Kane. Eliah Kane starts off the episode in this like Blade Runner moment on Coruscant and like calls up to Gideon. And of course, then from when when Gideon is reintroduced, it's like boom, this is gonna be the Gideon show. We know that like moving forward. But yo, like she's out there. She's still out there. Yeah. We don't know if Moff Gideon was a clone that was out there walking around. I mean, that's always kind of been the crazy part. Boba and Django, like all these characters, like have these the Bad Batch, and you know you especially like what's going on the bad batch when we have that episode recap, there is so much at play here. So I love, I, I, I think 
coming back on this on a reflection of this season, dude, you're you're absolutely right. There was there was a ton, a ton of things to love about the Mandalorian season three. Well, before we reveal the results of the poll for favorite episode, let's talk about favorite quotes. We have 10 of them, and we did a little mini crowdsourcing from the patrons to get some nominations, came up with 10. So I'll read all those quotes now. We'll pick our favorites, and then we'll get into a a little bit of a medal ceremony and, and reveal the results of both polls. So in order of episode, first nomination of the 10 for favorite quote was from the Enzel and Droid Smiths in chapter 17. Bad baby, no squeezy. Dang it. One of the cutest things I've ever heard in my life or seen. That whole scene. Uh, number two, second nomination from Din Djarin in chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. Without the creed, what are we? What do we stand for? Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. The creed is how we survived. You rescued me, and I'll always be in your debt. Oh, hit the theme song. Speaking to Bo-Katan. Third nomination, this is from chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. And as far as I'm concerned, this is the quote of the season because it is the creed. I swear on my name and the names of the ancestors that I shall walk the way of the Mandalore and the words of the creed shall forever be forged in my heart. This is the way. That's Din Djarin on the steps of the living waters. One hundred emoji. Fourth nomination. <laughs> this was said twice, but I'm going to give the credit to Pez Vizsla because he said it with such, such purpose. In chapter 20, The Foundling, one does not speak unless one knows. Fifth nomination. This is Din Djarin, chapter 21, The Pirate. Perhaps it is time for us to live in the light once again on a planet where we are welcome so our culture can flourish and our children can feel what it is like to play in the sunlight. I know that resonates with some parents. Sixth nomination, Din Djarin again, chapter 22, Guns for Hire. On a lighter note, you had me at battle droids. Number seven, the Duchess in chapter 22, Guns for Hire. Is there no room for forgiveness in a galaxy so fast? Yeah, good question. Great quote from uh, a character that a lot of people put a lot of hate on. Number eight, chapter 23, The Spies, Grogu. (laughs) The most memeable thing that's happened in a minute. Yes, 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 yes. Grogu slash IG-12. Yeah, come on. It's partnership. Yeah, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. And then number nine, on the flip side of that same situation, Grogu and IG-12, no, 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 no. no. Yep. And lastly, number 10, this is Din Djarin to Bo-Katan in chapter 23, The Spies. I only know of this weapon what you taught me. To be honest, it means nothing to me or my people, nor to station or bloodline. What means more to me is honor and loyalty and character. These are the reasons I serve you, Lady Kreez. Your song is not yet written. I will serve you until it is. Ooh. Yeah. That's some quotable stuff. If you think about getting married, maybe consider keeping that one in your back pocket. Just saying. We're all shipping it. We're, we're all waiting patiently to find out what happens if you're betrothed or wedded to another Mandalorian. Do you get to take the helmet off? Are you butt naked except for the helmet? Uh, yeah. What happens? Well, mm, yeah. Mm. Mm, good point. Good point. It's a logistical yeah, situation. Could, you got to yeah, work out. Yeah. I could see it being a logistical nightmare, to be honest. Yeah. I would say what we should do here is let's play the quote. 
I'll do that in the medal ceremony. Okay. Give me your favorite, and then we'll get into the medals. My favorite quote from this season, it seems silly because I take it on the other side. <laughs> you had me at battle droids. That's the <laughs> best one. Actually, you know what? I won't, I, I'm going to add also add one in here that got me so hyped, and I remember smiling like an idiot. When Din is flying around in my favorite episode in The Pirate and says, you got them all over you, right? Or however, you got two on you, three on yeah. you, right? Or whatever he says. And Din goes, I like those odds. I was like, yes. You said the thing. Yes, 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 yes. Like getting, getting back to just like episode one and like Din just knowing like he's a boss. I, I, I loved, I'm, that might have been my quote, which was like really insignificant in terms of like the story or anything, not even as close to like as powerful as half of the quotes in, in our recommendation. So maybe between that, but um, no, I, in all seriousness, I think like the definitive line of, I like those odds is a very Din Djarin. That's a well-written character portrayal of him. Um, but I think if you're going to look at it and say from these great quotes that we have, I think without the creed, what are we, what do we stand for? People are scattered like stars. Um, I think that one is interesting because it shows, you know, that, that when people really sit back and think about the idea of, of, um, what true loyalty means that you can be very different people. You can be at different places. All of us in our little network of thank the maker, like we don't get to spend that much physical time together, but we all talk every day. And like, those are like, we're all each other's people in that regard, you know? So I think like the idea that we could be in different places, but also understand that like we have each other's backs is a really powerful thing. Right. So there, there is something, uh, that I, I got from that where it's kind of like saying, you know, I, I know that we can all say the creed together and do all that stuff. Um, in terms of, of how we connect to each other. But at the end of the day, it's like our creed is Star Wars. Our creed is, is being fans and being passionate about it. So I, I got that. I, 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 vibed, I vibed with that, as the kids would say. Yeah, that was a great quote too. I mean, these are all so good. There's fun ones. There's profound ones. I mean, like everything in between. For me, it was a tie between one that, Everyone seemed to be stoked on. I only knew of this weapon, what you taught me, to be honest, and, you know, and so on. Din to Bo-Katan. Your song is not written. I will serve you until it is. That's, it's poetry, you know? And it also, it really just, <laughs> it opens up a whole conversation about what's going to go down between those two characters and how we all feel about it, like we've already alluded to. But I get, I guess it's, the obsessive part of my personality that really likes ritual and things that are just so things that are just such a way that just cause they are right. Which is weird for being such like a progressive person and, you know, being so at, at peace with the idea that, that things are complicated and messy and, you know, a scientifically minded person. I still love things like the creed and, quotes like that and I used to as a kid like recite like the the judgment day speech that John Connor you know talked about um, dun, 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 dun. you know like oh, I'm dun, so dun, into dun, that dun, stuff dun, dun. so I can't not pick Din Djarin's reciting the creed at the living waters without the creed what are we this is a good question so 
I'll say it again right here. I swear on my name and the names of the ancestors that I shall walk the way of the Mandalore and the words of the creed shall forever be forged in my heart. This is the way. This is the way. It's just damn beautiful. I love it. <laughs> we should read a couple comments though before we um, give out the medals. We should read a couple comments from the patrons if you would like to do that, Mike, because they, they also had some stuff to say about their choices, about their votes. Yep, for sure. Well, Meg is Meg is on here. Meg Dutcher is on here talking with us live. Uh, but she says, number 10, which is, uh, you know, I, I know only with this weapon what you taught me, to be honest, it means nothing to me or my people, blah, blah, blah. So, like, that was, like, the, that was the powerful moment. That was, like, Din basically, like, I don't want to say surrendering, but just, like, kind of pledging his honor to, uh, to Bo-Katan. And uh, Meg says, 10 was the first one I thought of when asked for favorites because it has so much meaning to both Bo and Din, with number four being a close second, which is one does not speak unless one knows. Concise, applicable in all situations. And she said, my new favorite with my kids after I have spoken. <laughs> nice. All right, so I, Meg, nice. I'm with you on that, right? Uh, sometimes it's easier just to say, you know, like, why would we do that? And then I, it's just easier for me to look at my kid and go, this is the way. We have a lot of people, uh, our buddy Nate O'Shea saying, I love number one. It applies so much in this season. Hear me out. Here we go. The literal Grogu squeezing the Anzellan, Elia Kane squeezing Dr. Pershing's brain to a breaking <laughs> point, Carson Teva squeezing Colonel Tuttle for more resources out of the New Republic, the waters of Mandalore squeezing Din as he falls deeper and doesn't see the Mythosaur, Gideon squeezing the Darkscaber to scrap. So no squeezy on that side. <laughs> Big brain energy, Nate O'Shea, my man. I love that. Shout out uh, Kevin Doom, who's been a, a patron. He's been, he's, uh, it's always a treat to recently 501st approved, just completely dove headfirst into all the Star Wars stuff with us, was at Mosh Eisley. Uh, he said, number 10, honor, honor, loyalty, character. I think we look at these things in people, what we want in our daily lives. And to hear, to hear Din say this was so impactful and he relates to most people in a way with found family and such simple things can tether you to people you would never expect. Much love to the Thank the Maker fam. This is the way. Nice. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. Finding your people, clanging your armor together. I'm doing the I'm doing the gauntlet tap right now. They are our people, and that's uh, it's. I mean, man, we're uh, people are people are getting the quote for the right reason. Nice. That's what I'm saying. That means a lot, Kevin. Means a ton. Hey everyone, we want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. All right, let's officially do this. All right, favorite episode. 
patron poll was kind of a landslide. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm a little surprised given, you know, how much the, the, the patrons of this podcast have varied opinions and are open to all kinds of different vibes in Star Wars. But we had a 52% winner. Chapter 24, The Return. The Return. The runner-up, 23%. The penultimate episode, Chapter 23, The Spies. It was even-ish beyond that. You know, the pirate actually was third. Interesting. Pretty cool. They're with you on that. Oh, I, could, I could vote my own. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, so we're, we're not too far off from what the, the consensus was. Favorite quote poll. The winner. This was... Uh, you know what? This is. I'm going to do runner-up. I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this was a true landslide, yep. but I'm going to do runner-up. Uh, the runner-up and third place were neck and neck, but we got 15% as the runner-up. It's bad, baby. No squeezy. It's awesome. very serious. That's, people of the, the people of Thank Maker, very serious people. That makes me very, very happy. Lots of votes for yes, 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 and no, no, no as well. And the winner landslide sixty three percent. No votes for either of our quotes, by the way. No votes for the creed, and no votes for the without the creed, and so on from Din that you chose. They think you're corny, dude. They must think you're corny. Yeah, none of them like me. It's weird. <sighs> but the winner, landslide 63%. I only know of this weapon what you taught me. To be honest, it means nothing to me or my people. Nor does station or bloodline. What means more to me is honor. And loyalty. And character. These are the reasons I serve you, Lady Kreese. Your song is not yet written. I will serve you until it is. Hubba hubba. Whip me on the back. <laughs> do whatever the dirty stuff is that you want to do in your palace. Actually, you don't have a palace now, so just do it out in the streets. That's what he wants. Dang, do it in the gauntlet. <laughs> do it in the gauntlet fighter. Do it. The, the votes have been cast. The results are in, amigo. What's left to ponder? Anybody? Anybody get the quote? Zoolander? Okay. Mm. So that's a wrap. That's a wrap on the season. It's going to be a while before we get the Mandalorian season four. There's no indication that, that the Mandalorian is wrapping. I know um, we heard officially that the Bad Batch is, but the last, last thing we heard from Favreau is that he, he wants to keep making the Mandalorian for quite some time. Yep. A lot of stories to be told. We'll see. But there, all, there also is the news that Dave Filoni's movie, like you mentioned earlier, We'll be wrapping up the Mandoverse. It will be like a finale kind of thing. And if that's in the next two, three years, I don't know. I think if we look at the scope of Star Wars movies on the upcoming slate, now we're not speculating, but we're kind of piecing together what different interviews have been said because they straight up said that we're going to have James Mangold, who, if you're, uh, they, and, and he is the director who, if you've seen Walk the Line, uh, the Wolverine, or Wolverine, uh, if you have seen Logan. L oh, sorry, Logan. Oh, God, that would have been a bad, that would have been bad. Uh, <laughs> Don't Wolverine get was not that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Logan, Logan is incredible character, character piece. Um, and he's done a ton, a ton, a ton of movies. Uh, and most probably importantly, of what got, the attention of Disney in this point 
was uh, that he's doing Indiana Jones five, which is yeah. apparently apparently uh, Lucas is very happy with that. So um, he is going to be doing a film about the first Jedi and the the person who was able to turn the Force into something to his advantage, uh, which is really exciting because I think we're going to you know see kind of the beginning. It's almost like the show Lost, right? You've got the man yeah. in black, and yeah. Um, so. I think it'll be really interesting to see where they go with that, but I think that was supposed to be the first one up. And I, I don't mm. know if that's totally true, but then we also have a movie about Ray rebuilding the uh, the Jedi Order, and then we have Dave Filoni's that I thought was supposed to be sandwiched in there. She, Kathleen Kennedy said that it's not coming for another couple years, which makes me think that Ahsoka is open for season two. If it goes well, uh, I think we're going, I think Boba Fett is going to get played back in here. Now, the interesting part too, is that James Magold was actually supposed to be the director of the Boba Fett movie. So all of these things, again, like, you know, strategy comes into play and I know that we can all sit there and say, well, you know, is, is art not safe to be art anymore? (laughs) No, it's not. People pay for this shit. It's expensive. Bob Chapik wanted all the stuff, you know, I want to make a movie. I want, Three months of subscribership, like blah blah blah. This hat, this is business. You know what I mean? Start your own universe. <laughs> so this this stuff happens, right? So we have Andor season two currently being filmed. We have Acolyte coming out, which is going to be insane too. Which I could definitely see having like some some probably some throwback into what James Mangold's film about the first Jedi doing. Yeah, some um, references. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like there is so much Star Wars over the the course of where the next couple uh years are going to go um it's it's like i said if you're not thinking that they set up the minds of mandalore to start regrowing and for that planet to start healing so that they can connect it and have it be another storyline for the post resistance era you heard it here first just saying all right we're going to talk a little bit when we press stop on this recording with the patrons about some unanswered questions, a little theorizing about what's next. So if you want to hear that, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. I want to talk about Dr. Pershing. Mm. He got his brain fried pretty hard in that last scene we saw with him, but we didn't see anything after that. And we know from Andor that you can get hit pretty hard with some um, imperial mind probe and, and manipulation, some machines, and still come out functional to some degree. Right, you can recover. Yeah, Bix. I mean, Bix. so I, I want to see if yeah. you have any opinions. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, I want to see what the yeah. patrons have to say. And um, I also want to point out, I was convinced we were going to Betu in this season. Yeah, I thought it's time we're going to go there. We're going to see Galaxy's Edge on screen, but we didn't. Today, though, I it re- it hit me. I have a prediction that if it isn't true. It's a big missed opportunity. I, I, I have a really, really, really good prediction, and I'm going to share that in the after show, patron-only exclusive little bit that we're going to do in just a couple of minutes. So patrons, thanks for being here. Mike, thanks for being with me. The other dudes will be back maybe next week. We'll see. Maybe they're dead by now. I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. People drive off cliffs all the time. Every day. I totally get it. Every but day. It's a great season of Star Wars TV. Stoked for more. Mike, you got any Armor Party uh, episodes coming up? Do you want to shout out? I have someone uh, that's, I got a couple people that are just getting the all clear to be able to say, hey, we would love to come on and talk to you. Um, And I have a couple other people 
<clears throat> really just getting through. We well, we have some things happening. Well, we can't talk about that yet. <laughs> this is going to be a great year. It's going to be an amazing summer for us. <laughs> I mean, that's all we can say. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of new things happening, and Armor Party um, is going to, I think, really start to look at what our role is in providing the costuming community uh, tips and tricks and also being able to continue to highlight through a different medium, not only just the podcast, but also being able to break out and highlight more stuff. So I don't want to say too much, but basically Armor Party is in a uh, 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 reworking, a reforming of of where we're going to go moving forward. I know Thank the Maker is simultaneously also doing that. So it is going to be a really exciting time for us uh, over the next couple of weeks. We just need a few of these projects to clear out and then it's full. Punch it, Adam. Punch it. Punch it, as they say. All right. Follow us on social media at Thank the Maker Pod on the things at Adam the Skull, at Hondo Supply, at Armor Party Show, at Princess and Scoundrel, and so on. And keep a lookout for the Patreon updates and the um, the new rollout of the new stuff. Patreon.com slash Thank the Maker Pod. Patrons, thanks for being here. Everyone, thanks for listening. And until next week, this is the way. This is the way. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible.